I know it's the holiday, Robbie, but uh, I'm making you work, okay? Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Happy MLK Day. I am in studio today uh, because, of course, the What's Right show must be live given that a number of events are transpiring. As we speak over the weekend, obviously, things heating up in Iowa in spite of the very cold temperatures. As a programming note, KXNT will have special coverage of the Iowa caucuses tonight. This is CBS News, which is... uh, Uh, my favorite source of information. But anyway, live coverage here on the station. And of course, I will go through everything you need to know about what happened tonight here on the program 1 to 3 p.m. tomorrow. Okay, so we'll be live tomorrow as well as per usual. Even though today's a holiday, we are live. We are in studio. We're going over this in real time. And All of that said, folks, I got to tell you what my uh, most interesting thing over the weekend was. And I think you probably know where exactly I'm going to go with this because uh, Trump opened up some, fired some salvos at Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, my, look, what's what's the polling at? Trump is at 48%. Nikki Haley, okay, is at 20%. DeSantis is at 16, and Ramaswamy, Vivek Ramaswamy, is polling at 8%. Why in the love of God would Trump hit Ramaswamy at a paltry 8% if he didn't perceive for some very real reason that he was a threat to him in Iowa? I'm just pointing this out, folks, because uh, it's not what happens, it's why things happen. The purpose of this uh, program here on a daily basis is to look beyond the headline. Anybody can read to you what the events are. What I see here is the Trump campaign, I believe, must have seen something on the ground that made them go, "Uh uh-oh, Ramaswamy is outperforming or is likely to outperform expectations, and he had to send out a bat signal to his people, you know, his followers of you know, acolytes, whatnot, potential voters, that Ramaswamy was not a good dude. Well, I, why? Well, okay, well, let's, let's unpackage this here for a moment. What did I tell you last week? I said my expectation, but Ramaswamy's been somewhere between 6 and 8% of the polls in Iowa. And I told you, and I told you that my prediction was that Ramaswamy was going to outperform his poll numbers. And I think by definition, others in the race, perhaps even Trump himself, would slightly underperform. I mean, I think Trump's going to win, more than likely. But, but in the caucuses tonight in Iowa, I, I think Ramaswamy has, has fought a valiant ground game. And I see him persuading a number of people that I am close to or that I follow and observe who are, I would describe as intelligent Trump positive people, right? I don't want to hear from any Republicans who aren't uh, who aren't real about Trump, right? Because you know, I mean, all the never Trumpers, I don't give a rip. I'm not interested in what they have to say. I care about the people who who understand that that um, 
um, that, that on balance, Trump is a, is, is, a, is a phenomenal candidate, but who also look at Vivek Ramaswamy as I do and say, this is a guy who has an incredible potential to be a force within the Republican Party and move us to the next level in the years when the time comes to be beyond Trump. I want to see Vivek Ramaswamy do well in the primaries. Does that mean that I prefer Vivek Ramaswamy over Trump? I don't even know if I need to answer that question. That's not the point. I would love nothing better than for Vivek to do so well in the primaries that it would compel Trump to seriously consider him as his running mate. That's the situation I would like. I would like Trump to overlook all these, you know, uh, hot to trot, you know, we'll call them glamorous, Republican female politicians. Tulsi Gabbard, by the way, is the latest one to get floated as a possible VP pick for Trump. And for Trump to go beyond just looking for a running mate who is out of central casting, Because remember, that didn't go so well for him last time, did it? All of you, all of you, I know you, who were going, oh, well, okay, well, Pence, he's a great guy. Okay, Trump picked Pence, so Pence has to be great. And Pence is milquetoast, guys. He's milquetoast. He's got, there's nothing there. And then when push came to shove, what happened? Pence folded and acted much in a predictable way. Washington Insider, blah, 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 you know the story. So we need change agents. We need people who are going to hit the ground running. We need people that when Trump leaves, because best case scenario, Trump gets one term. That's what he can do. He's got one term. He's got four years. So who is he to tee up that's going to take it to the swamp and carry forward Trump policies? It's not Nikki Haley, okay? And it's not... I don't know. Carrie Lake doesn't have doesn't have it, folks. I hate to break it to you. And Tulsi Gabbard, I don't know. So this this Vivek guy, and I've had him here on the program. I tell you, he he's got something going. And that Trump is singling him out and saying a vote for Vivek is a vote against MAGA, and that he's not MAGA is a very specific, clear condemnation criticism that I think is a result of some knowledge or some awareness on the part of Team Trump that Vivek is cannibalizing his vote or likely to cannibalize his vote. It's fascinating. Trump has really never hit him. I think the biggest criticism Trump has levied against, leveled against uh, Vivek is, what, what did he say? He said, well, he's a little controversial. <laughs> yeah calling the kettle black. Uh, Trump's saying he's a little controversial. He says some things. Um, yeah, well, Vivek does. But last time I checked, saying truthful things, even if they are not particularly palatable to the mainstream media, is how Trump got his start in the world of politics back in 2015 going into the 2016 election. So this uh, this big thing. So what's what's going to happen here today? I don't look I, honestly, folks. That was my one prediction about Vivek outperforming the numbers. This is a big day. We are finally here. We've talked about the primaries for months, for months, and now people for the first time will go to vote, and we'll figure out if the polls have it right or they have it wrong. 
a lot of times the polls have it right. I'm not one of these people that say they always have it, have it wrong, but, but there are times when people do not want to report their preference or these polls are just miss, you know, are not designed in a way to capture an upsurge in support for a candidate who's doing really well at the grassroots level. And remember, it is a caucus. It's not a primary uh, election in the sense that you're not casting ballots. You're going in, you're caucusing, you go in at five, it lasts approximately an hour. And um, you got to show up in person. Chills today, uh, by the way, in Iowa, if you think it's cold in Vegas, think again, negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's so cold and so windy that this could cause frostbite on exposed skin in as little as 10 minutes. So, yeah, this is big stuff. By the way, Axios is making sure Democrats know how to rig the Iowa caucuses. They did a whole piece on explaining to Democrats, you can register to vote as a Republican for one day only because, of course, there's no competing Democratic caucus. And you can say, you can go in and vote for Nikki Haley. That is everything you need to, by the way, know about Nikki Haley is that she is the choice of Democrats for Republican nominee. When will we as a party stop listening to the Democrats about who our nominee ought to be? That's a question I have for you all. Okay, Sam Marjofsky here live in studio. It is MLK Day. It is Monday. It is the Iowa caucus tonight. Lots going on. I will get you through it as best as I can today. But I am working here so you are up to speed on everything going on because I believe that is what you deserve and that is what's right. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show will be back in just a moment. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Happy Monday, January 15th. Sam Rajovsky here, host of the What's Right Show, uh, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Had the honor of meeting so many of you last week at the Silver Knights uh, game. That was uh, really wonderful, uh, circulating around the uh, Dollar Loan Center there. And by the way, the Sam and Ash Tilt Yard, which is the area out front in front of the Dollar Loan Center has now been officially opened uh, to the public. So uh, come by. If you're walking by, you see Sam and Ash and you're a fan of the show. You'd be like, Sam, I know that guy. I I listen to him every day. So I I got to meet so many of you. It was great. Enjoyed it. A wonderful way to end the week. And thank you all for your your kind words. I was, uh, to be honest, deeply touched. Uh, by your uh, by your by your uh, words of support, so thank you uh, for all of that. Now today, of course, is the Iowa caucus, the first primary in the primary season, and it's you know it's a big day because if you listen to what the you know pundits say, it's Trump in first and and, and Nikki Haley and and um, and DeSantis vying for second, and then there's like sort of no mention of Vivek Ramaswamy who you know, who had Trump uh, firing at him over the weekend. And I think, you know, I think Trump is, is chirping at him uh, because the campaign's gotten him and go, listen, we are, we, we are hemorrhaging some support to Vivek Ramaswamy. 
And I think they realized they got they got, they 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 finally had to do something. So that's my that's my thinking. So I, again, if it was just eight percent in the polls and that was it, and there's nothing more to the story, I, I don't think Trump would have wasted breath on it. You don't when you're in the mid forties, and you know, and and you've got you've got yeah, well, you got Nikki Haley at twenty and DeSantis at eighteen. That was the last poll. I think it was an NBC poll that came out. So you're not going to go after the 8% guy. But for whatever reason, Trump is. And then, of course, one of the predictable things is all the MAGA people that love Trump and um, and were, were kind about Vivek Ramaswamy all of a sudden turned out and said, oh, we don't like Vivek Ramaswamy. He's a phony in this. And that. You know, Trump is, Trump is engaged in a campaign. People, can you, can two things be correct and true at the same time in your heads? Let me explain what I mean. Vivek Ramaswamy can be the real deal, and he can be a competent and excellent future president, which I believe all of those things are, are, are true. And Trump can, can – you, you can still support Trump. <laughs> and Trump also, right, is running a campaign, so of course he's going to – of course he's going to attack anyone that electorally is a threat to him. You would expect that. So when you see everybody pile on Vivek Ramaswamy, oh, he's not a true conservative. Oh, he's just, oh, he's, and, and uh, I mean, I mean, some of these criticisms are frankly sort of hilarious and illiterate, politically illiterate. Um, you, you know, it, it's fine. You can accept that Trump, I, I like them both. And Trump criticizing Vivek doesn't change my thinking about Vivek one iota. And the reason for that is I understand and I get why Trump is criticizing him. And quite honestly, if I'd been Trump, I would have, it's my only criticism here, I would have criticized Vivek a little bit sooner because I wouldn't, I would not have underestimated him as a foe, which I think Trump and his team did, okay? That's that's my that's my only strategic criticism. The criticism, yeah. The, but but you know, people just people need to be told what to do and what to think. You know, I and and heaven help me, I never want to do that here. I want to explain. You make up your own minds, please. So regardless, here's how it all sort of went down. The the, the criticism, obviously, from Trump went also at Nikki Haley, who is right now ahead in, in polling, ahead of DeSantis in Iowa. And that's, you know, that's, that, but this within two points. So it, you know, it could go either way. So this, so Trump, uh, yeah, so Trump uh, said this Sunday, yesterday, he had a commit to caucus rally in Indianola, Iowa. And he said that Nikki and Crooked Joe are both globalist-backed warmongers. These are, this is the exact clip. Nikki and Crooked Joe are both backed by warmongers and left-wing globalist Wall Street, millionaires and billionaires who crave to destroy the MAGA movement. Unlike Nikki, uh, I'm working for you. And, uh, you know, I'm working for you. And she's working for a lot of other people, people that don't necessarily love our country so much. She's, you're not going to find, you're going to find out a lot about her in the next short period of time, but she's starting to fade as people find out. Now, I couldn't agree with Trump more on this. I think Nikki Haley is an abominable uh, candidate, okay? 
And I think there are a lot of Republicans that I know that like her because it's they don't get as much grief for for liking Nikki Haley from Democrats. Have you ever noticed this? I'm I'm telling you, it's an experiment. Try this as an experiment if you're if you're up for being disingenuous. Follow me on this. If you go to a party, if you go to a gathering, if talk to a friend of yours, single friend, any friend who is a left-leaning Democrat friend, tell him, I support Donald Trump in 24. And then go to a different Democrat friend of yours and say, I support Nikki Haley in 24. You're going to get very different responses. You're, they're going to, they're going to say, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you're not so, you're not one of those insane conservative MAGA Republicans. Not a MAGA Republican. And, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, so, but if you like Trump, of course you are. You're a fanatic. You want to destroy the country. I mean, they've bought into it. They believe everything that they hear in the media. Now, I had a thought about this. Did you see Trump, Robbie, yesterday with his, with his white hat? You know, he, he ditched the, the MAGA hat. He ditched the red Make America Great Again hat. And he put on a something, a Trump precinct captain, a hat which was white and had gold lettering on it. I don't know if it's going to become a thing. Uh, I think, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, if, you know, <laughs> no, Trump's not ditching the MAGA thing. I'm just, it was, it's just an observation around the same time that he's attacking Vivek, recognizing that there is a challenge on his right flank and perhaps uh, seeing some toxicity, maybe he did internal polling, right? His campaign may have done some polling and it may have told him, hey, the, the red hat and the, the MAGA thing and, and, you know, the, the, all the ideas are there, but the red hat is tied to something that voters don't like, particularly in Iowa. Now, this is, I, I, don't, I don't have definitive proof of this. I'm just observing these things and I'm telling you there's something going on. By the way, Nikki Haley got asked if she'd be Trump's VP. This is, um, this was, this is fascinating because of course, you know, She's going to be trying. Yeah, she gave an answer. This is Tony DeCopel, uh Sunday, CBS Face the Nation. Uh, and this is what uh, the question and answer. I don't play for a second. I've never played for a second. I'm not going to start now. I'm not interested in being vice president. I'm running to be president, and I'm running to win, and we will. What's your message to those voters in particular who like you enough to be VP, but right now are still stuck on Donald Trump? Well, I think, look, if you want four more years of chaos, that's what you're going to get. But what's more concerning is... If you look at those head-to-head polls, Trump and Biden are pretty much even. It's going to be a nail-biter of an election. We're going to be holding our breath. I don't want a President Kamala Harris. This is, by the way, the first time that she said that she wouldn't serve as Trump's VP. Uh, but I also think she's delusional if, the, if she thinks that somebody who is more, maybe going to vote for Trump but thinks Nikki Haley's second. I mean, that's just not, that's not going to happen. So we come back, I'll give you Nikki Haley's closing argument. We'll get into some of the back and forth with Vivek. Vivek got asked about the Trump thing. And Vivek, uh, I think he gave an excellent answer. So I'll share that with you after the break. All right, I'm here live Monday, January 15th. Iowa caucus is on tonight. Sam Merchofsky, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right.
Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Well, the, the Houthis over there in Yemen uh, struck a... U.S.-flagged cargo ship. It's on fire. Fabulous. Another win for Team Biden. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. The efforts to remove Biden from president taking shape today in Iowa as the Republican, first Republican primaries, the caucuses there, uh, open at 5 p.m. local time. So that's a short while from now, just coming up. Uh, yeah, so Trump is, uh, I think, likely to be, you know, the, the winner of it. The real story to follow is who comes in second and third. You know, I, I think, look, if Ramaswamy performs at 4% or 5%, I think it's, I think it's a problem. In fact, I think he could be out of the race, to be perfectly blunt. If he outperforms his number, he could come in fourth and outperform uh, expectations. He could come in at 16% and have have Haley come in at 18 and, and DeSantis come in at 20. So literally come in at fourth place and still, still actually be the, not the winner, but you know what I mean, the, the guy who carries that. And I think this is why Trump is fired up and is sending out tweets this weekend saying Ramaswamy's dangerous and pay no Trump, he's not the real MAGA. Vivek is not the real MAGA. So Vivek gets asked about his, about the attacks that uh, you know, Trump's, uh, Trump and his campaign leveled at him. And uh, by the way, this is, by, this is the exact post on social, Truth Social. Vivek started, this from Trump, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, quote, the best president in generations, etc., Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly, but a vote for Vivek is a vote for the other side, quote-unquote. Don't get duped by this. Vote Trump. That's all capitals, Trump. Don't waste your vote. Vivek, or Vivek, is not MAGA. The Biden indictments against his political opponent will never be allowed in this country. They're already beginning to fall. MAGA. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Okay, so, you know, so, hey, listen, um, so, so that's, that was, that was Trump's deal. So now Steve Ducey on Fox News today, this morning, asked Vivek about Trump throwing him under the bus. And uh, Ducey says, asks uh, Vivek of Ramaswamy, why do you think former President Trump threw you under the bus over the weekend? Here's the answer. Well, I, I didn't get thrown anywhere, but I think there might have been an attempt to do that. I'd say that it's partly because of what it was, Elon, you were under the bus. Well, look, I'd say what and, Elon and Musk and others are saying. The bus had it. snow tires on it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this is, is you know, I'll, I'll, I took it in a, in a lighthearted way. But the truth is people have to have their heads stuck in the snow not to see what's happening on the ground here. I know the mainstream media is ignoring it, but there has been a massive surge here late in the process. Mm-hmm. A number of endorsers who are widely expected to go to Donald Trump legends in Iowa, like former Congressman Steve King, widely expected to go for Trump, 
came for me. A number of the strongest constitutionalist conservatives have switched from the other candidates mm -hmm. in the last 72 hours to me. Steve Holt came from Ron DeSantis. Right. And so I think people who are actually on the ground are not blind to that reality. And right. I think the mainstream media, largely for better or worse, has been, which means I think we're going to see a shock tonight. Yeah, I mean, he has to say this, but I, but his points, his reasoning here with the endorsements, whatnot, are real. And it, it's certainly some of why you're seeing Trump, you know, clap back at, at Vivek for the first time. Fire shots, if you will. Or if you take Steve Ducey's uh, way of asking this, you know, to, you know, throwing him under the bus. So then Ducey asks Vivek for his closing argument in Iowa. And Vivek says this. If you want somebody who's actually going to get in there, fight the corruption, and speak truth to power, then vote for the one candidate who is speaking the truth to you. And there's a reason I'm the only candidate in this race who's able to say I'll strip vaccine manufacturers of special liability exemptions or that I'll pardon peaceful J6 protesters on day one or that I'm against the CO2 pipeline making its way across the state. And the reason is every other candidate is dancing to the tune of their biggest donors. And in my case, my biggest donor is me. And that's what it's going to take to actually shut down the deep state this time. Not just to talk about it, but actually to do it. And so if you want somebody who's going to shut down that deep state and revive our national identity for the next generation of Americans, then I think it's going to take the next generation of leadership to do it. And I'm asking you to brave the cold and to caucus for me tonight and to save this country. And we are so grateful for this process. My gosh. And I have to tell you, I, I truly believe that Vivek Ramaswamy is more competent to deliver a deep reform of the deep state than Donald Trump. I don't think Trump, I think Trump will get it done, but I'm just telling you Vivek would have it, you know, have the chops to do it. And the two of them together, unstoppable. Trump could give his speeches, he could get up there, he could, he could do the Trump thing and let a guy like Vivek run the back office. Let Vivek do the work. Trump doesn't want to do the work. For Pete's sake, he's he's up there in age. He's got grandkids. He wants to, you know, go and, and sit down and, and stare down uh, Putin and, and uh, Rocket Man in North Korea. Let Trump do those things. He's very, very good at that. He's not good at, at running the government. But better at it than Biden, for that's for damn sure. Better at it than Nikki Haley. You want to know Nikki Haley's closing argument? Well, of course, she's giving this on CBS, Face the Nation. CBS, by the way, tonight at 5 will be giving live coverage of the Iowa caucuses right here on News Talk 840 KXNT. You do not want to miss that. But what did, uh, what's her closing argument? You heard, you heard Vivek's. I mean, he's getting into specifics, real specifics that matter to conservatives. Here's Nikki Haley. What, this is your, she gets asked, who asks this? Tony DeCopel asked her, what's your, uh, you know, what's your closing argument to Iowans, some of, whom, some of whom make their decisions very late in the game? Wow. Here's Nikki Haley. The closing argument is, let's get rid of the chaos. Let's leave the old names of the past and let's move forward with a new conservative leader that's going to get our country back on track. We can't go through four more years of chaos. We can't go through Trump or Biden anymore. Everybody, 75% of America said they don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. So I think we need to go forward and give them something else. And that's what we're trying to do is give them a new option. This lady is Biden without the dementia, okay? 
plain and simple. She's the same low IQ, dumb A money money that Biden is. Frankly, probably not much different politically. Uh, but she, you know, she's not, she, she, you know, not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. She's not wandering. It's true. She wouldn't be wandering around the White House uh, commuting with Teddy Roosevelt's ghost. Uh, but yeah, so that's um, that's that's it. I I'm telling you, I think that this is uh, this is just drivel. Absolutely, yeah. No chaos, Robbie. You're right. No chaos. She's promising not to upset the deep state. That's her bat signal to the you know, to the lobbyists. There's not going to be any chaos. You'll get your way. You'll get to do what you need to do. I'm not going to upset the apple cart. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna be here. I'm gonna be a nice little caretaker Republican president in the vein of George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, right? I'm gonna be a. I'm gonna. You know, the the presidency that we that we didn't get when McCain lost. You know, she just she's a McCain. That's what she is. She's a McCain with heels and 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 curves. Um. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I'm, I'm just, I no, 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 no. I cannot even get into this. All right, quick break here. Uh, we got to you know, keep this moving, folks. But I, lots going on. It's, it's wild. And the question of the day is, does the polling represent sentiment on the ground and has some late breaking uh, ground game changed things up? My only prediction on all of this is I think yes. And more on that when we return. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. The What's Right Show is brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash, the only law firm to trust in Nevada, in California, and beyond. Again, 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, coming to you live and local from beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Uh, talking Iowa caucuses, they start at 5 p.m. local time uh, tonight. And so tomorrow, you and I will have a lot to discuss and unpack. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, when he was actually talking to Fox and giving the remarks that I shared earlier was apparently in the Iowa caucus studio that they have set up and saw there a map. You know how they do on elections. They've got, you know, the map with all the precincts and districts and and uh, and and following, you know, OK, so they had and they had the graphic was up on the wall. And the graphic had only three Republican candidates. It had Donald Trump. Uh, first, up top, if you will. It looks kind of like he's first. Then under him, Nikki Haley. And then under Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis. But nowhere in that graphic anywhere was represented candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you something quite honestly. I, I think that Fox News is going to end up with egg on its face. Because Ramaswamy is going to perform in a way consistent or commensurate with deserving to be put on this graphic. That's what I think. 
And so, you know, it's a foregone conclusion that he's out. It's bonkers to me. So anyway, that's, that's, look, that's, that's that. I'm, um, I'm putting that out there. Now, I, I, I'm, I will get to this, folks. I, there's a lot still to cover, uh, but I need to get to the airplane, airline, F-A-A-D-E-I story, because it is really, if you haven't been following this, it is taking on a life of its own. And I'm telling you, because this story is surging right now in interest, and not just for conservatives, people, you know, lost down the rabbit hole of Twitter. It's not just for those people. It's getting into our debate. A lot of Americans fly over the holidays. We, Many of us, certainly me included, was on an airplane, we're on airplanes, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, those months, weeks and months. And I'm telling you, the the entire episode with Alaska Airlines, with that door blowing off the airplane and realizing that the, that the, that Boeing, that Alaska Airlines, that, that the FAA is placing an, 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 extraordinary amount of of weight on diversity goals rather than on qualification is frightening and i think that this is one of the this this is one example of something that i follow in order to determine the outcome of these political races because sometimes folks you can't just look at polling of well i prefer this candidate or that candidate him her or whatever, you know, you have to go where people are, where their attention is. So like right now, um, I think they're, by the way, the guy who's been talking about DEI, about reverse discrimination, about racism in our hiring practices is Vivek Ramaswamy. And people are paying attention to this because for everybody that flies or everybody that's on the ground does one of an airplane falling on their house while they're inside of it, is thinking that this is kind of a big deal. The other big deal, of course, is the border, which I think, you know, net-net supports Donald Trump, for example. Those are the issues that matter. This is why I'm so perplexed at, you know, Nikki Haley surging. Oh, I don't think Nikki Haley surging. What is Nikki Haley going to do for either of these two things? She's bought into identity politics, and she would prefer to have the border just as open as Joe Biden. So I'll get to the DEI. I, I have to address it because I, I might, I've got a take on this that I, I just give me time. I need to do it next hour. But I have to, the border is, the border situation is wild. You have Democrats piling on Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden has a, a, a challenger, a nominal, you know, in name only, a challenger, Dean Phillips. And he went on News Nation's program there, I think with Marianne Williamson and Chenk Weger. And he and Phillips, Dean Phillips said this about Biden and the border. The other area where I differ with him immensely is our southern border. I've been there twice, Dan. It is an unmitigated, embarrassing, unforgivable disaster. And Democrats, as Cenk said earlier, have to wake up to the truth. The more we ignore it, the more we pave a path for Donald Trump to return to the White House. Because you know what? He's actually listening. And yep. I think it's time that Democrats do. Yep. And I'm afraid that President Biden is at a stage where he has lost the ability to legitimately listen yeah and <laughs> Pritzker uh, JB Pritzker who's the governor of of Illinois 
His sister, by the way, Penny Pritzker, is the one who screwed the pooch over at Harvard. Uh, that's, a, that's a technical term of art, legal term, to describe absolutely uh, destroying everything she touches there as the head of the governing board responsible for that disastrous president that they hired, the affirmative action candidate, DEI Wokester. So anyway, the Pritzkers, uh, he is a, he is a, has been historically a huge sanctuary city guy. He's declared his state the number one sanctuary state in the country. This was months ago, not years ago, months ago. And yesterday on ABC's This Week, he is crying like a little girl hoping that Abbott and others stop sending him any more illegal immigrants. This is hilarious. Not enough has been done. There's no doubt about that. And I think that the president needs to do more. The Congress needs to do more. Uh, cities out here that are the target of this political game that Governor Abbott is playing uh, are suffering. And uh, here in Illinois, it's minus 29 degrees uh, outside with the wind chill. Uh, we have migrants that arrive from Texas virtually every day, uh, hundreds, and uh, we don't have places to put them. We don't have enough shelter space here. There are plenty of other cities where, you know, if he's going to send people, they could be sent. But no, he's choosing only Democratic states, Democratic cities. Yeah, because you guys put up the welcome sign, you dumb idiot. <laughs> this is, you, you, you're a sanctuary state man. Those are literally your politics. He's only sending them, Abbott and DeSantis in Florida, they're only sending these illegals to places that have said openly for years that they want them. I mean, I don't want to get too agitated over here, but it only seems right. I mean, I, don't send them to the states that don't want them. Send them to the states that put up the welcome sign. Oh, now you're full? Oh, now it's suddenly cold in Illinois? That's never happened in the history of the world, says I, born in Evanston, Illinois, just outside of Chicago. It's the coldest place on the planet. But that's nothing new. You are perfectly fine welcoming illegals to your state in winter's past. No, you are realizing that this situation is out of control and that illegal immigration is bad. And you're just a, you know, a cheap, worn out demagogue. You can't, you can't admit it, right? It's Illinois Governor J.B. Prisker saying, please stop sending the migrants. You're only sending them to Democratic cities. <laughs> it's crazy. This stuff is wild. And they know they know it's bad. They know it's bad. They know it's coming apart at the seams. And they are crying uncle. This, I, this is a topic, right, that almost comes perfectly. It's almost as if it were designed to help Trump get into office because this is Trump's issue. Trump, Trump owns this issue. Now, when we come back, uh, developments, I, I want to get into the Letitia James case too. That's the one in New York. That's the, yeah, that's the bank fraud case. And then, of course, Fonnie, or whatever the hell her name is, Fonnie Willis down in Georgia, 
the Fulton County prosecutor who has a hard-on for the married attorney that she paid $650,000 to of taxpayer money, allegedly. Um, she's, she's saying it's all racism, a criticism of her. So we're going to get into DEI. DEI at the airport on your next flight. Aren't you so lucky? And then we'll get into Fonnie Willis, Letitia James, uh, a little bit more of Iowa. Don't, got a lot to do. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law back after this. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, it's Monday, MLK Day, January 15th, 2024. Sam Marjofsky here. This hour brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Folks, this DEI thing is all fun and games. It's all, it's all, um, well, if it's happening at Harvard, right? Who, you know, so goes the thinking among conservatives. Who cares really what Harvard does? If Harvard wants to sink itself, that's fantastic. But here's the problem. And I said this at the time, weeks ago, when the scandal at Harvard was unfolding, I said, don't dismiss this just because it's occurring at an Ivy League school that you give zero rats rear ends about worry about this because this ideology has spread like a cancer through all of our institutions and through corporate America. Now, I had a number of conservative friends at that point tell me, well, Sam, it doesn't, you know, really matter that much, you know, so, so don't go to Disney, okay? Don't watch Disney movies. Stay at a movie theater. Okay, okay, all right, so I'm gonna stay at the movie theater. But now all eyes are on the DEI system permeating the airlines. Delta Airlines, for example, sent a memo to its employees. Race and ethnicity style is capitalized black and brown in Delta company-wide communications. White should be in lowercase. Now that's just one little example. Of course, it goes hand in hand with at the same time making tremendous efforts for Delta to hire pilots, co-pilots, right? Uh, people of color, trans people, gay people, all the stuff that really doesn't matter to me one way or the other. I want a pilot who can fly the damn airplane. And so do you. When you're on your way to see your grandkids, on your way to a business meeting, You've come to Las Vegas International Airport, formerly known as McCarran. You've gotten through security. You get to your gate. It's time for you to board. You get in the seat. You buckle in. You check for emergency exits that might suddenly pop off the airplane as you're in the air. <laughs> well, maybe you don't, but you should. So you're sitting in the airplane. Airplane taxis gets to the runway. And uh, by the way, if you're taking out from Las Vegas, what's, what's a fact about flying out of Las Vegas? There 
is almost always, particularly in the summer when temperatures get warmer, a tremendous amount of turbulence coming into the valley and out of the valley. So you're in the plane, the plane is rolling down the runway, you're about to get some, some aerodynamic lift, you hit V1, right? You get the point of no return, <laughs> the plane takes off, going through the air, nose gear going up, back gear going up, plane starts to, you know, shake. Maybe you're not a regular flyer like me, but you do fly enough, but still not enough to go, what's going on? And in this moment, what do you think? Do you think to yourself, boy, I really hope that the pilots in the cockpit know how to capitalize black and brown and not white. But that's what you think, right? That's like the first thought that you have. You know, I really hope that at least one of the pilots is trans. Well, that could be you. I, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm thinking. I say, I, I, hope that my, I hope that the guy flying the plane right now, whether it's the captain or the first officer, has landed some kind of an F-16 on an aircraft carrier at night because... They, because that guy knows how to fly a freaking airplane. That's what I'm thinking. I'm ho I hope he is straight from a small town in Oklahoma. And the only reason he has the job is because he is a damn fine pilot. Now I'm using the male pronouns here in a universal way as they were always intended to be used. So don't read into that, that I'm not into women pilots. If you're a good pilot and you're a female pilot, fabulous. The minute that you begin to put, you know, quotas in saying, we're going to hire a certain amount of, of diversity, you're going to lower standards. You know how this works. This is back in June of 21 on Axios. So HBO interview, United CEO Scott Kirby, he bragged about United Airlines leading the way on diversity. That's what he said. How is diversity and diversity targets working into the Aviator Academy? We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. Oh, that's fabulous. That's incredible. Boy, that is really helpful. I am so delighted, Robbie, that United is uh, is so diverse. By the way, Scott Kirby, do you know what he likes to do in his off time? And I'm, this is, I, I'm not judging him. He likes, the CEO of United, he likes to dress up and drag. This was reported today by Libs of TikTok, and there are photos, there's uh, it's frightening. He looks hideous, by the way. Nothing cute about this in the least. It's a dude dressed up as a woman. And he's doing it. He's like at the airport. He's like, this part of his shtick. They're sponsoring. Get oh, Your job is getting people from point A to point B with excellent customer service with the airplane going up and down as planned. No unexpected ups, no unexpected, unaccounted for downs. Want the doors to stay on. I want any distractions. I want people who are mentally stable. I want people who are good at their jobs. I want people who passed all the rigorous tests. 
The minute that you emphasize diversity, you have to de-emphasize something else because how much of the population, by definition, is trans? It's not very much. So if you're going to get a certain representation from that group, it's going to be, and it's artificially said, it's going to be disproportionate to the population at large, which means you're going to have to lower standards in order to get more, more candidates. It's a common sense. And now the FAA, apparently, and this is a, a coming out in the New York Post, the FAA's diversity push includes focus on hiring people with severe intellectual and psychiatric disabilities. They're actively recording, recruiting workers okay, that have these problems, and it's all part of the federal government's targeted uh, disability hiring practices. It's a matter of policy of the federal government identified for special emphasis in recruitment and hiring. And this is on the FAA's website. They want people who are hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. You know what I say is I want somebody operating those radars that's a gnome. That's why I want them sitting there with a red hat and telling me where the planes are. This is absurd. Who cares? Who cares what they look like? I just want to make sure everybody's safe. We have lost our ever-loving minds. You want to know why I support Vivek Ramaswamy? It's because of this stuff. I have more faith in him than any of the other candidates, Trump included, to do something meaningful about this from the executive branch of government. This must change. Now, the New York Post, Post writes that all eyes have been on the FAA and the airline industry in recent days after a plug door on a Boeing 737 MAX 9 blew out during an Alaska Airlines flight. The FAA grounded all 737 MAX 9 planes after the incident is carrying out an extensive inspection and maintenance uh, for maintenance work. So we know this is happening. So I, you know, whenever there's a plane crash, whenever there's a plane crash, they get in there and they write the report that comes from the NTSB and from the FAA can take a year plus to put together. I don't know if you realize this, right? Because like when I represent people in a car accident, a police report will take a couple of weeks on average, maybe 10 days. If it's a wrongful death case, uh, something more significant, it can take a couple months. But hear me out on this. Uh, uh, the NTSB, the FAA, they put out a report. It takes a year. And it's very, very detailed. It's, 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 it can be hundreds of pages. The reason that... The government and Biden is looking to corrupt the FAA and the NTSB is. When one of these planes goes down because they've got a drag queen in the cockpit, they want to be sure that the DEI people are staffing the agencies that are writing the report and giving a cause for the accident because they want to control the narrative. You're not going to hear this, by the way, said anywhere else. But that's how the FAA story connects to the DEI at the airlines story. That's how the hire as many woke pilots as we possibly can and, and enough whiteies, we got to get some, some real people of color to fly airplanes. 
marries or joins or is connected to the story that you're going to hear where the government is actively recruiting people for the FAA that are that are midges. People of color, gay, trans, lesbian, what they, they want to corrupt those institutions as well that always, always, for the most part, were very thorough in figuring out why aviation accidents occurred. If you think that flying will remain one of the safest modes of transportation in the history of the world, you're gravely mistaken. And if you're, uh, you know, one of these guys riding around in a private jet and you think you're going to be fine, you, th- you think that the that the guy the FAA hires to operate the radars, that they're, I mean, <laughs> you're, you'll be do- your pilots will be doing everything right. That doesn't mean other pilots are going to be doing the right thing. That doesn't mean the air traffic controller will know what he or she is doing. It's going to be a mess. So you want to know why this why this election matters? This is just one. This is one layer of the insane cake that the Democrats have baked for our country, and and we're just we're just you know quietly eating it. Well, let's don't worry about Harvard. Well, don't worry about Disney. Well, don't worry about Target. We'll just shop somewhere else. Oh, Bud Light. We're moving on to a different beer. Michelob Ultra. Here we go. Sorry, it's going to be really hard to avoid it if you want to travel and fly in an airplane. I'm going to tell you, planes will fall out of the sky. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve. What's right? Welcome back to the What's Right Show, your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Sam Rajovsky here, your host. This hour of the program brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, uh, serving uh, injured uh, folks and their families in California, Nevada, and beyond. All right, so uh, the story here, it's wild. First, we heard about all the DEI hiring at the airlines. Now the FAA is looking to actively recruit people from, well, some uh, funny backgrounds. And I'm, I'm explaining this is all for when things start to begin to go south with pilots, they want to make sure that the FAA and the NTSB are just as corrupted, right? The NTSB is not going to, FAA is not going to put out a report critical of DEI hiring if they're all DEI hires themselves. The FAA's website, this is a New York Post piece published yesterday, that the FAA website states uh, that the federal government as a matter of policy has identified for special emphasis in recruitment and hiring certain targeted disabilities. They include hearing, vision, missing extremities, partial paralysis, complete paralysis, epilepsy, severe intellectual disability, psychiatric disability, and dwarfism. Imagine pulling up to an airport. Dwarfism. Imagine pulling up to the airport, get to the FAA tire and uh, of tower, excuse me, and the people showing up to work are singing this. Hi ho, hi ho, it's home from work we go. Hi <laughs> <laughs> ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, hi ho, it's home from work we go. <laughs> I can't, folks. This is 
manifestly absurd. This initiative is part of the FAA's diversity and inclusion hiring plan. Well, they didn't put the equity in, but we know what they're talking about. This plan says that, quote, diversity is integral to achieving the FAA's mission of ensuring safe and efficient travel across our nation. What the hell does hiring a dwarf has have anything to do with safe and efficient travel? Explain it to me. If there's a nexus, you want to email me and tell me how horrifically wrong I am, please do. Sam at salmonashlaw.com, please, is the email. Tell me I'm wrong. Who does the FAA, who is the FAA overseen by, by the way? Well, it would be Secretary Pete Buttigieg and his Department of Transportation, which is a government agency charged with regulating civil aviation and employs roughly 45,000 people. It's one of the reasons why when Vivek someday becomes president, I hope he um, does what he promises to do, which is cut by 75% of uh, the, the Federal Register of Employees. I, I um, Yeah, because I guarantee you could cut 75% of these people. Um, does the dwarf count for the full... Yeah, full one person. I don't. I don't know, Robbie. That's that's a question. I'm not going to go there. But listen, this is and by Pete Buttigieg, right? He's the one who's bragging that his DEI cabinet is the most diverse it's ever been. This was him back in 2020. He made a real point of this being like his his crowning achievement. Listen, our cabinet doesn't just have one first or just two of these first, but eight precedent-busting appointments. And today, a ninth, the first ever openly gay nominee to lead the ca cabinet department. Thank you, Mr. President-elect. Thank you for honoring your commitment to diversity with this administration that you're assembling. Well, it was Biden speaking, and then it was Pete Buttigieg. I got that wrong. Here they are congratulating themselves. By the way, that was back in 2020 after, you know, the election. And uh, how's that been working out? I mean, how many derailments has this fool, Buttigieg, not done anything about? If his agency that has 45,000 people uh, is supposed to oversee safe transportation because that's, again, diversity is integral to achieving the FAA's mission of ensuring safe and efficient travel across the nation and beyond. How did that help? By the way, with the countless, I, I've lost count. It used to be a rare occurrence. It used to be a rare occurrence for planes to narrowly hit each other on runways. Do you know this? Now there have been so many of these incidents, you can't even count them. And that's in aviation. Then look at rail. I mean, it's derailment after derailment. Buttigieg doesn't do anything. And you'd think with 45,000 employees, somebody somewhere could, you know, make the rail lines a little safer. Safety is not the concern. The only thing that matters is political power, and they use diversity, equity, and inclusion to get it. And I will vote for anybody and support politically anybody who makes it a priority to destroy this because it is an existential threat to our existence, folks. When I'm on an airplane, I'm not wondering if the pilot is trans or gay or diverse. 
in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going, I really hope there's a gnome up there. I just want a damn good pilot, period. All right, Fonnie Willis crying racism. That's Fannie Willis for those of you in Nagadocious, Texas. Um, yeah, she's, uh, this is just so stupid. You're not gonna wanna miss it. I'll tell you all about it when we return. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Rarely wrong, always right. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXMT. Folks, very happy to be here with you this Monday, January 15th. Yes, we are live, we are local, uh, and we are gearing up for the first uh, of many Republican primaries uh, leading up to the general election in November. So this is the kickoff, if you will, uh, to uh, uh, no doubt a drama-filled primary Uh, Looks like Trump's going to do very well today in Iowa. The real question is, is, you know, is anybody else uh, going to stand out? And, you know, and if and if and look, if if it's just Trump at number one and DeSantis at 20 and Haley at 18 and and Vivek at eight, then it's a nothing burger. And it's you know, and it's that's a win for Trump. But if Haley surges and and and. um, and outperforms expectations, for example, that that's, you know, there are consequences to that. If the vague, as I suspect, will outperform his poll numbers surges, there will be consequences. And certainly I, I, I worry if DeSantis doesn't perform at, you know, at or near expectations, it could be ruinous for his chances in New Hampshire and beyond. Now, one of the things lurking in the background of all of this, of course, and notice people are talking about this less and less, are all of Trump's legal entanglements. Now, last week, we were discussing the story that broke about Fonnie Willis. Fonnie Willis, uh, spelled Fanny, but she doesn't want to be called Fanny because, as my friend Ed pointed out, that is a... Uh, well, it's a, it's a body part reference in some parts of the English-speaking world. So, so Fonnie Willis, the prosecutor over in Fulton County, Georgia, this is the case that we were all told about was the one Trump should be most concerned about. Remember? And then something happened last week, which is we found out that Fonnie Willis is so incompetent, such a moron, that she needed to hire outside lawyers to actually work the case. And she paid them a sizable hourly rate for government work. And one in particular uh, was paid, I think last year, his law firm was paid $650,000 plus minus, which is a, a, a wild sum, okay, for him working on the Get Trump case in Fulton County, Georgia. And it turned out that the allegation is, at least according to uh, this gentleman's lawyer's ex-wife, soon-to-be ex-wife, that he was carrying on an affair with Fonny. Right? So that's the, that's the, that's the story there. Right? Now, Fonny, yes, well, I, I, the, 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 yeah, the, 
Well, the question is, she hires somebody who may or may not have been qualified for the role. Okay, that's one question. Then she pays him an enormous amount of money, okay? Then she goes on trips with him that are paid for by taxpayers. So he, this guy bills her for uh, these, the guy's name is Nathan Wade, by the way. He's a special prosecutor. That He's an outside lawyer. He's not an employee of the state. He has his own firm. And he was billing the county for his work. And she's paying, she's the one approving it. She's the boss. She's the uh, county prosecutor. So she's making the determination to pay him. At the same time, according to Wade's soon-to-be ex-wife, apparently Fanny was, Fanny was uh, carrying on a little deal, a little situation with Mr. Wade. She's now been subpoenaed in their divorce. So there seems to be some uh, truth to this allegation. And you notice none of them are, neither of them are denying it. Instead, we go to the standard thing, which is we're going to cry racism. So here's, here's Fonnie Willis. She first, by the way, starts with saying, uh, she gets into this, she goes, look, she's a, she's a victim, you know, why is Marjorie Taylor Greene not checking in on me? This is her at the Big Bethel AME Church yesterday, Sunday. She's talking, she's saying, dear God, why is, why is everybody being so mean to me? Woman to woman, how can she do this cruelty? And then she talks about how there's only one prosecutor that's getting targeted by mean conservatives. And this is where racism really comes into it. Listen. Dear God, are you listening? Why does Commissioner Thorne and so many others question my decision in a special counsel? Lord, your flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child, I'm a little confused. I appointed three special counselors, is my right to do, paid them all the same hourly rate. They only attacked one. I hired one white woman, a good personal friend and great lawyer, a superstar, I tell you. I hired one white man, brilliant, my friend, and a great lawyer. And I hired one black man, another superstar, a great friend, and a great lawyer. Oh Lord, they gonna be mad when I call them out on this nonsense. First thing they say, oh, she gonna play the race card now. But no God, isn't it them who's playing the race card? When they only question one. Maybe they're only questioning the one Fanny that's in your fanny. Right? I mean, maybe that's the issue here. I don't mean to be lewd, but I mean, those, those are the allegations, right? These guys are apparently stupid. And I don't hear any denials from them. It's crickets. The first thing I would say in a church if I was wrongfully accused of sleeping with the married man is I would say, dear God, this is not true. And as my witness, Lord, I didn't do this. And I'm being attacked because I'm going, you know, it's a political thing, but I, you'd think that's as, you know, she would say, of course, maybe she believes in God just enough to think that a denial like that might result in a direct lightning strike to the top of her noggin. So that's, you know, I, again, I, sometimes it's not about what is said. It's about what's not said. And, you know, there you go. So it continues. Fawny Willis saying you can't expect black women to be perfect and save the world. You cannot expect black women 
to be perfect and save the world. <laughs> the Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. Here's the problem. You set out to burn Donald J. Trump to the ground simply because you do not like his politics. And in doing so, Miss Fonnie Willis, you broke all sorts of rules and seem to have dabbled in some ethically suspicious behavior. And it's all coming home to roost. And I'm pretty certain there's a sermon somewhere in Christendom that addresses exactly the situation that you're in. This has nothing to do with race. This has everything to do with the conceit of power and the abuse of office. And as I have said many times before, she thinks that because she's black, because she's a Democrat, because she's anti-Trump, all of those things will protect her, which is why she's defaulting to that now. These are her only available shields. But you know, when the state bar investigation starts to roll on her unethical behavior, look, this could very well result in her being uh, dismissed from the bar, being, you know, she could lose her license. That would, of course, mean her losing the office, of course, might present a little bit of a problem for Trump. Again, I think that the fact that the case against, listen, the case against Trump is actually far weaker than now the case against her. Meanwhile, the other black, I'm gonna get you, Donald Trump prosecutor in Texas, the attorney general there, Letitia James, her case is a load of crap. Friday on CNN with Laura Coates, Kevin O'Leary, who's the Shark Tank guy, he's a real estate guy, not a political guy in particular. I think he likes, to, I hear, I see him all the time talking about, you know, business and money and watches, might even be a little bit of a left-wing guy, to be honest. Larry says this. They ask him about the Trump real estate case. This is the big gotcha case in New York. This is the Judge Engeron, that hyena who likes to snap pictures of his bulging pants, crotch at the gym, gross, lecherous-looking man. Uh, th- this is what O'Leary, a actual real estate developer, business guy, said about Trump's the case against Trump there in New York. I think it's very important you hear it. Forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. So in this case, when I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. This doesn't even make sense. If you're a real estate developer, you're watching this, you're saying, what is this? This is ridiculous. I've been saying this for months, telling you. And it's gotten so bad right now that even CNN, Ellie Honig, uh, Honig, excuse me, uh, she said this about Letitia James. This is CNN. They're distancing themselves from this. 
And this is, uh, I think, uh, a very, very correct uh, uh, evaluation. Letitia James campaigned for attorney general in 2018, specifically on a promise of vote for me and I'll get Donald Trump. That's not something she said once. She said it dozens of times. She said it in writing. She fundraised off it. And she wasn't even specific. She didn't say, I'll get him for inflating his assets. At one point, she said he could be indicted for money laundering. At one point, she said, the day after she was elected, she said, and I quote, we're definitely going to sue his ass. He'll know my name. And when you make statements like that, how can you say there's no political angle to this? You can maybe say the facts are there, but it's also political. That's Letitia James's own doing. Yeah. Major, major problem. So this, and by the way, you listen to conservatives in Iowa telling people why they're voting for Trump. And predominantly it's because he has been persecuted by all of these crazy left-wing Democrats. And then you see a bunch of Republicans saying, well, it's not really a good reason to vote for somebody for president. And that may be true. But you cannot underestimate how their attack on him, Donald Trump, is felt by many of us as an attack on us as well. Because remember, we voted for him and they wanted to undo our vote. They wanted to, and they said as much, obstruct our president. These are the biggest election interferers totalitarian Nazi fascists this country has ever seen. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840, KXNT, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. We'll continue after this. All right, friends, Monday, 115, uh, January 15th, MLK Day. Uh, yes, the father of DEI, except for the fact that he had this whole idea that we weren't going to see race. I thought that was kind of fascinating. Anyway, Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Tonight at 5, CBS News will cover uh, the Iowa caucuses uh, here on air. Uh, Things are uh, getting underway there as we speak in Iowa, so it's going to be a big day. Tomorrow, of course, you do not want to miss the program. We will go through everything. And I have to mention this because I did get an email over the weekend. I quickly responded. If you've gotten your ballot here in Nevada and you've pulled it out, you go, oh, well, I've got Nikki Haley, but where's Trump and where's Ramaswamy? And what the, what the heck? Your February 6th ballot doesn't count. I mean, you can fill it in for Nikki Haley or however the hell you want, but it's non-binding. It's not going to determine who is awarded Nevada's GOP delegates. Those delegates will only be awarded a consequent to the caucuses on February 8th, two days later. So February 8th, if you are a registered Republican, is the day. It's not February 6th. So I'm just letting you know that. We're, we're doing caucuses, and it doesn't coincide with the day of the election, and, uh, and, and so just, I know it's, it's confusing. Now, one of the things that they are looking to do is, of course, eliminate fraud and see to it, right? See to it that, you know, we have, uh, yeah, one of the things is, I mean, they're also going to be, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to do same-day voter uh, party registration changes. So 
You know, that's one thing that's going on right now in Iowa and Axios. I told you about this last hour. Axios is telling uh, Democrats there, hey, you know, there's no, you know, Democrat, you know, caucus going on. So you guys might as well switch and be Republicans for a day and vote for Nikki Haley. Admitting, of course, that Nikki Haley is the candidate of the Democratic Party. Fabulous stuff. By the way, Nikki Haley donor this morning. This is unbelievable. I can't believe he actually said this. Andy Sabin. He was on Fox Business with Neil Cavuto. Neil Cavuto's mouth sort of like uh, open because he didn't even real. I couldn't believe that Sabin said this. He's a Nikki Daly uh, Haley donor, and he's. He's talking about uh, a big fundraiser they're going to have for Nikki and and where the money's coming from. Here's what he said. We actually have a large um, fundraiser on the 30th of January at a major apartment in uh, New York City where we're raising a tremendous amount of money. Believe it or not, a number of it coming from uh, Democrats. When you say a major apartment in New York City, whose apartment? I can't tell you. I, I'm sorry. I, I just, uh, I wish I could tell you. you. Might, I can't. Maybe, maybe you could uh, whisper it to me now, just between you and me. Well, I, all I could tell you is one of the <laughs> biggest Democrats, who's one of my best friends, who you wouldn't okay. believe, who's never voted for a Republican, is a co-host of this benefit, of this okay. fundraiser. There you go. So the when you have the host of a fundraiser, that's somebody who is obviously desiring to have some clout within the uh, campaign in hopes of having some clout in the event the candidate makes it into office. That's just kind of how these things work. So they're, you know, they're fundraisers. They're also called bundlers, you know, so they, they, they host the party. They typically will, I've, I've done these things myself. You, you typically, you know, pay for the catering, you throw the party, you, you kind of put, put up the party. But the main thing is, you bring people to the party, your friends, and you say, listen, you're going to come to my house, but you're going to write a $10,000 check, okay? I'm going to give you some really good caviar. You get to drink my really good wine. You get to come here and look at my beautiful multi-million dollar artwork. Not mine. I'm talking about this apartment here in New York, this big Democrat. So I'm picturing it. I'm setting the scene. You get to do all that. You get to come to my home. You get to drink my booze. But you're going to write a big check. And then those bundlers... I remember in yeah 20, well, it, was, it wasn't 20. It was back in, let's see, it was back in 19. It was back in 19, and I still had my big house in California. It was just moving out. And yeah, and Biden, you know, yeah, Biden hosted a huge fundraiser around the corner from me in California. Well, not Biden, not a friend, but a neighbor of mine. Big, big, big fundraiser, and um, uh, Biden hadn't cinched the nomination yet, uh, but he was. It was. It was a big deal, and um, uh, yeah, that's how these things work, right? So a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of to do and hoopla. But the fact is, Nikki Haley, you heard it here on Fox uh, Business. Neil Cavuto is getting big Democrats behind her. Well, that's you know that's your 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 mojo as a Republican you know God bless you, but I, uh, I don't think that's gonna that's really gonna work out you know long term for you. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's it. By the way, I think one of the things that's gonna be a problem in this upcoming election, if Biden's really on the ticket, 
if he ends up having this, I just think that a lot of Democrats are going to sit it out. I saw something. I saw an interesting uh, Twitter post written by a Jewish conservative gal that I follow. And she was talking about getting together with a friend who's very liberal, but also Jewish. And and this was in the context of the post-October 7th situation. And, and you know, she's not looking to change his mind, basically, leading into 2024. She's just looking to convince him to sit it out. So she knows he's, he, she's not going to get him to vote Republican. He's never going to vote for Trump, but he may not vote at all in disgust over Biden. And, and specifically in terms of, of the Democratic Party right now being so anti-Semitic and, and sympathetic to the, to, the, to the Hamas folks. There's a lot going on right now. There really, really is. So we'll see how tonight goes. Wishing all the best for the candidates. And of course, tomorrow here on the What's Right Show, we will dissect everything and tell you everything you need to know. You do not want to miss it. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right.